coming at you on a Wednesday. This is Rob Foster with episode number 270 of Shut Up and Grind. Today we're going to be talking about you taking control of whatever's going on in your life. But first, if you are new to the show, we're all about overcoming obstacles. We're all about defying the odds and helping you clear whatever's blocking your path from having the success that you want to have in this lifetime. So again, life's going to knock you down. Life's going to spit in your face. Life's going to run you over. But you got to be able to take control and keep yourself moving forward. Like no one ever said that, you know, just life in general is going to be easy. There's, you know, people who are who are rich who struggle. There are people who are poor who struggle. There are people who just struggle in all facets of life. And so this show is to highlight how people got through their struggles and how they reached the success that they had. So having me have this come helping me have this conversation today is Carol Register. And I, I hope I get this right. She's the host of the Unstoppable and Unleashed podcast. Springer and did, did I get it right or is it reversed? Hi, reverse, but that's okay. Yeah, it's unleashed and unstoppable. <laughs> I yeah. had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> How's it yes. going? Uh, hi, Robert. I'm super glad to be here. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. All right, where are you joining me from? I am in Florida right now. I'm oh, actually right. joining you from my family's home, my parents' house. So I'm visiting them, which is awesome. Awesome. Whereabouts in Florida? Um, we are in the Orlando area. We're in a little outlying community of the Orlando area. So, Love it. Um, yeah, Love it. beautiful um, weather. I am a big kid at heart. Like I've been to Disney, I think nine or 10 times and <laughs> I've only brought one of my kids once. <laughs> it's, it's like, if I could vacation, if I could vacation in Florida every single year, I would. Like, You're I'm like my parents. Live <laughs> they love going there. They do yes. all the like the food and wine festival and all the amazing things they have. They're like they're like kids in a candy store. Yep. So <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I love it there. All right. So let's talk about you. So how would you how would you describe your upbringing? Um, my upbringing. Oh, that's such a great question. I actually was. My parents were super young when they got married and had me. And I think by the time my mom and dad were 28 and 29 years old, they had all four kids, mm -hmm. which was more common in, you know, the area that I grew the era that I grew up in. I'm in my 60th year of life. And the thing is that um, I was I was raised in what is now considered a cult. So it was this combination <laughs> of Judaism and Christianity and super legalistic, super, super rule oriented. And so I grew up under this idea that you had to be perfect. You had to get everything right. Mm. And, you know, don't mess up or you're going to get squashed like a bug. <laughs> so. Gotcha. Yeah, that's um pretty tough standard to live up to. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It held me back for a long time, you know, and, and showed up in, in a variety of ways because 90% of our limiting beliefs get wired in, in our childhood. And even new research is showing that, um, that's even by the age of seven now. So by the time we're eight years old, we've got a comfort zone built because we're just little sponges absorbing. And then we're going around making our decisions out of that. And so a lot of the work and the healing that I've done has been around rewiring that, replacing that um, story that I had to get everything perfect, had to get it right, 
um, or, you know, with, with the truth that no, learn, fail, learn, do it messy, <laughs> go for it. You know, See, and what evolution has taught us is that things are never perfect. Like, look at all these major corporations yeah. that are suddenly changing their logos, they're changing their coloring, they're changing their branding, yeah. you know, because like nothing, like everything evolves, everything evolves, yeah. businesses yeah. evolve, people evolve. You know, I don't believe, you know, people are going to sprout wings and start flying, but just <laughs> as, as humans, you know, we, we get smarter, we learn, we grow. And so like one of the worst things people people can do is think they know everything. Like I see it in the fitness world all the, all the time where people yeah. are like, oh, I've been training for 20 years and I this and I that. And I said, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that doesn't mean you know everything. Mm -hmm. It's like I was an all-American athlete. Like, and I still have to research on some some certain things. Like, and I've trained over yeah. 3,000 clients, but that but definitely there's new pieces of science and information that come out, you know, every single year. So, yeah. All yeah, to learn. we don't pay attention to nature and we don't even pay attention to our own birth and progression story. Like which one of us, you know, started crawling and walking perfectly. We learned by falling down, getting up and keeping yep. going. And I use the acronym for fail first attempt in learning, yes. because what happens is we start to tie our value and our identity, um, our worth to our performance. We think then that it's, it's our performance that's bringing our value. And what I've learned along my story, a big part of the work I've done is around identity, is that our value is by birth, not by behavior. Because we don't look at a baby in a crib and go, hey, you're not valuable. You're not doing anything yet. <laughs> we know that baby's valuable, right? And, you know, we know that with our kids and, you know, with our nieces and nephews, a friend's baby, whoever it might be. But somewhere along the line, we begin to absorb this lie that we're not enough, that we're not valuable because we're not performing at this standard. And when you start to unleash your performance from your worth and your value is when your performance actually really takes off, which is cool. Yeah. See, when I first started this show, the first question I would ask people was to describe themselves. And you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people struggled with that question. Yeah. And so I started just shifting around my words. I'm like, All right. How would your best friend describe you? And yeah. to, to your point, they would keep listing like, like traits. You know, like I'm well that I'm a good leader and I'm compassionate and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, those are all attributes. Like if you strip away all of your hats, yeah, right, strip away all of your experience, what's left? You know, because are you because when people yeah. ask, ask me who are you? Like, I'm a competitor. It's like yeah. I tackle everything through the lens of a competitor. So if yeah. I have a challenge, it's like game on. You know, yeah. when I busted my knee, a doctor told me I wouldn't run or jump again. Game on. Yeah. You and know? you're a great, you're a great performer. You know, which I love that. I think that's so powerful and important. But you, I like what you said about stripping everything away. I think that's so important that we do that. And, and a lot of the identity work that I really love to do and have done on myself and I'm still in the process evolving, right? Mm -hmm. Growing. I don't ever want to quit growing. I, I know you don't either. And nope. the work, though, comes back to really restoring who we are fundamentally at the core yes. that, you know, we have the power and the capability within us because of 
our arrival on this earth. Simple as that, you know, yes. it's just like we looking at that baby and they know, we know inherently that it's valuable and stripping away the lies really is exactly. what it is. Exactly. And, and like with the, the rise of social media and everything now, there's just so much, so much negativity, so much people tearing each other down on there. And so many people yeah. take that to heart. I, yeah. I was like, it's a, like Facebook is not a real place. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. If somebody says something to you on Facebook, you have the power to block them. <laughs> you know, it's like you don't That's have to right. just stand there and take it. But the worst is, is when people turn it onto themselves. Yeah. You know, again, to, to your point, the story, what's the story that you're telling yourself yeah you know so yeah. so for for you right getting back to your upbringing and having those strict rules like how did that affect you in school oh uh, it kept me on the sidelines a lot you know and um i it lacked confidence i was i was insecure and um you know i my my mom got really sick along the way um, when I was, I think I was between 12 and 14 years old. And I really was taking over the responsibilities of my family at that time of taking care of the household chores and making sure my siblings were okay. I'm the oldest. And um, it was quite a tremendous time of pressure. And from out of that time, one of the ways that impacted me was I decided, man, I'm not having children. I'm never going to have children. No way. Don't want, don't want this story. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was actually everything, everything is for our good. Our obstacles are for a good. And now I do teach a process and, and, um, show scientifically that you can create your own reality. This doesn't mean Shangri-La. It doesn't mean we don't ever have, um, obstacles because we also are in connection with people and have their energy with us too. I went through two hurricanes this year, you know, okay. and that wasn't something that uh, I was wanting to create. I can tell you, I was really focused <laughs> on creating the exact opposite. So we do get to deal with these things that come along, but when we have the tools, it really makes a difference. And we are where we are right now because of the way we think. I mean, absolutely. You know, Yes, like I tell people, especially in the gym setting as well, that there is there's really no such thing thing as failure. You know, like yeah. if you try something and it yeah. doesn't work, like this is how you gain experience. Like, yeah. And so I tried this, this this doesn't work, but you're still gonna have your ultimate goal. Like when yeah. I started this podcast, I didn't know what direction I wanted to go down with it, mm -hmm. and I just took out my phone and just started recording, and then it just started picking topics and I figured out a way to, to get guests. And it's like, now I'm booking months in advance, you yeah. know, like you just take that, that imperfect action. And, you know, you said, said it earlier when people think everything has to be perfect and that doesn't exist. You know, it doesn't exist because once you have the perfect website, something new is going to come up. Like artificial intelligence has taken over the marketing space and everything yeah. now. Yeah. And so you know, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So as times adapt, you have to be ready to, to adapt and change, change your learning and change your own outlook. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's true. And, you know, one of the things that I love is that we have so much more power than we realize we have. Yes. And a part of my story is that I went through a situation where 
Um, I was with somebody who was breaking down in mental illness and was not choosing healthy ways to cope with that. And I was receiving the result of that um, verbally and psychologically. Now, my own story is how am I powerful? First, how did, how did I allow that? How am I responsible for it? Because I am not a victim. So, um, and then knowing the good power that we have. And a lot of times, especially if you don't mind me saying with men, it's, um, it's this picture of power that hasn't gone very well. It's this top-down authority that has been damaging or wounding or controlling or not empowering um, to your strengths and capabilities and what's inside of you. So the kind of power that I'm talking about, I think it's really important to define, is the power that is supportive, collective, knowing that you came to this earth with these beautiful gifts inside of you that you get to be in community are, and are drawn out so that you can go and have, you know, serve and impact and transform and bring your gifts to the people around you and to the world. And so recognizing that I was powerful and that I was responsible was a huge part of my journey. Now, I say responsible very carefully because when we're dealing with trauma and I, you know, I had, unfortunately I did end up losing him and uh, dealt with the grief and, and it still do. It doesn't go away. Um, it's uh, it's just, it looks different now. And so when we're dealing with trauma, I think it's really important to recognize when I say I'm responsible, that this was a part of my journey to help me not to be a victim. Because I have had clients who have dealt with trauma, who took every responsibility on themselves. They just had this huge, heavy weight that everything was their fault. That's not what I'm talking about. So again, defining terms, what I mean in my healing journey, what's enabled me and what I'm now have the privilege and honor of bringing to others. Love it. So one big thing you said there was about taking ownership, like, and that's, and that's huge. And some people conflate that with a slippery slope. It's like, like oh, you're blaming the victim. Like, no, no, it's yeah. not, it's not blaming the victim, but you have to at least recognize your role in what happened. Like you yeah. said, how did I let it go this far? Like, yeah. I think I mentioned on when you interviewed me last week, I had mentioned that I had a falling out with, with a business partner and it's very easy to just point the fingers. But one of the first things I said, when I called my mom, like I'm mad at myself that I let it get this far. Yeah. It's like, I should have seen the signs. I should have taken actions before what happened happened. And mm -hmm. you know, that's really tough for a lot of people to do. And a lot of it too, is because of societal pressure where yeah. people will, people will tell you, Oh, it's okay that you feel that way. It's normal that you feel that way. And yes, you definitely have to grieve. You know, there's no right or wrong amount of time to grieve, but at some point you have to take the wheel and decide like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to continue letting this thing hurt me. Yeah. So, so how are you able to do that? Um, man, I love this question. So I, I really was handed entrepreneurship on a silver platter. Um, and my husband was an amazing entrepreneur and legal mind, brilliant legal mind. And 
So he handled those things, even though he involved me somewhat and I was on the board of his company. I was a an independent contractor. I was a high-level gymnastics judge and clinician at the time. And um, so we had decided to purchase a boutique hotel property um, in the Andes in Southern Chile from oh, wow. a North American couple who had it for 25 years. I went over there. And so when he passed, I found myself alone dealing with a full staff with a sold out business. It was our high season and, you know, just uh, really having to take it day by day. And the way that grief was hitting me at that time was I would lose my oxygen, would lose my breath, which is very common with people. And I would be... And then once somebody explained to me that that was from the grief, I could allow, I could not get scared and panicked by that happening. I knew that it was temporary. I went through a terrible burnout, terrible, where I ended up in bed for five days. And it's part of my story. And in fact, I just did a reel on that. Um, And um, because I was learning a brand new business, learning a brand new culture, learning a brand new language, learning, um, you know, the grieving process. And um, I also had health conditions that were impacting me. And, you know, it was a powerful learning curve, right? Looking through the lens of everything that (laughs) happens for a reason. Wow. What I discovered in the process was that I'm a leader. I just didn't know it and call myself that yet. And mm-hmm. we don't we don't even know how much we have within us, right? With the yep. the the true power being in our stories. It really is. Yeah, because people don't realize how strong they are until it comes time to be strong. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. And so you know, me being an athlete and a, and a fitness coach, I always take things back to athletic competitions and sports, but yeah. I bring a lot of my clients through Spartan races and up here in New England, we have, we have the mountains. So we do a lot of, a lot of races on mountains mm-hmm. and some of them are really difficult. Like some of the ob- obstacles are difficult. Yeah. And I tell people like, this is, this is the metaphor of life. It's like, right when we start, right when we start the race, barring injury, there's no turning back. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, just imagine if we put that same effort into being successful, Yes. you know, into having yeah. a better relationship, you yeah. know, into connecting better with your children. Like imagine if you put yeah. that level of focus and determination, how different things can turn out. Like I said, yeah. I could have sat here and just, you know, lost my mind over, over having to move, to move back home. Yeah. But instead I'm, I'm making moves. I'm putting pl- plans in place and I'm able to see her. I'm able to help her. So like, I don't feel ashamed that I, I had to, I had to come back here. I had to do what I had to do to yeah. keep, to keep being able to impact. And it's just going to add to the story. It is. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is one of the things that I, you know, this is my jam. I love talking about this because our brains are wired to keep that automated system safe. That's your subconscious, whatever's wired in there. And it sees what's safe is whatever's familiar. So, you know, I use the example a lot of brushing your teeth or tying your shoes, Um, tying your shoes in this case. You can sit down usually on the edge of a chair and have a conversation with somebody while you're tying your shoes. You're not sitting there thinking, 
oh, I have to take this string and I have to take this one and I have to cross it over. That's the conscious mind, right? Yeah. Instead, it's automated. So you're able to do it while you're, you know, and we're not really meant to multitask, but it's, it's like breathing. You don't, you're not thinking about it. It's just happening. Yes. And so the brain is protecting whatever's automated and whatever is familiar and even if it's even if it's faulty, like faulty programming, like faulty computer program. Yes. And we don't realize that we can recode that. So then what happens is we're making 97%, over 90% for sure, but newest research says 97% of our daily decisions from whatever's wired in. So the conscious mind is actually driving the ship. Yep. We think it's our conscious mind, um, but the unconscious mind, the yes. sub, I, I say unconscious and subconscious synonymously, they both mean the same thing, this automated system. Yes. So reprogramming that, recoding that with our success beliefs <coughs> is where we can really begin to see exponential results. And this is what neuroplasticity and neuroscience has told us, but it's actually been going on for millennia because, yeah. you know, I give the example of the Wright brothers wanting to fly their bicycles and look, look what we get to do today. We get mm -hmm. to travel the world and something <laughs> exactly. they created a new reality. Henry Ford created an affordable model of transportation that didn't exist before. And, Apparently, he kind of like Steve Jobs put a bunch of engineers in a room and they said, this can't be done. And he said, figure it out. Yep, do this. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. And we have that same power. You know, look at Helen Keller. Look at what mm -hmm. she did and who she became. And so it's not continuing to try to outperform our subconscious. Because yes. we really can't. And that's where willpower fails. Willpower will put you on this, I can muscle it through and boom, you're going to hit a wall. I can muscle through, boom, you're going to hit a wall where you can actually remove the limiting belief and wire in the success belief that's going to keep you consistently moving forward. That's the yeah. exciting part. Absolutely. And, and again, going back to fitness, I see it all the time. Uh, I remember vividly this woman comes in for a consultation, 60 years old, and she's just reading off all the reasons why she why she can't get in shape. You know, she's like, well, it's my age. It's because I went through menopause and I did. And she's just going through all the lists. I'm like, all right, are you done? Because like, <laughs> like, if, if you're done, I can give you the blueprint to get you back in shape. Yeah. You know, yeah. And she's like, oh. Oh, like, you know, doesn't your metabolism change? I said, your metabolism doesn't change with age. Your metabolism changes when you stop exercising. <laughs> I said, so as people get older, they tend to exercise less. I yeah. was like, but biology is biology. Like your muscle doesn't care if you're 60 or 30. If you lift weights over time, you're going to build muscle in that arm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so right. we fast forward six months, he's doing unassisted pull-ups, she's running without stopping. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, see, and you try to come in here playing the I'm too old card. Yeah. And we just completely reframed that whole outlook for her. Yeah. And, and now she's crushing it. And now she's taking those consistent actions that are bringing her the results that she wants. I love that, you know, and I think that's so powerful. And, 
you know, to know that we can actually wire in that we are going to become more active as we age to wire yes. in that we are going to become stronger and healthier and that our best days are ahead of us. I love that. It's really yep. powerful. It's like one of my sayings is if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Yeah. You know, cause like yeah. I, I still compete in, you know, track and field. I do the, the obstacle races and stuff. And, and I, I just constantly do stuff every single day. Like I went for a 10 mile hike yesterday. I'm going for a 15 mile bike ride after this, but just every day I'm constantly doing something and pe people say, Oh, Oh, well, you know, it's easy for you. Cause you're, you're a trainer. I'm like, yeah, I'm just as human as everybody else. <laughs> you don't think I want cheesecake. <laughs> it's like, you don't think I want <laughs> pasta. You don't think I want bread. You don't think I want yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But when you have your eye on the bigger prize, I know when I step out to, to compete, remember I said you strip everything away? I'm a competitor. Yeah. So when I step out there, I, I, I'm not just happy to be 48 years old and blessed to be competing. I'm going yeah. for gold, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm going for the title. And so I have to keep myself strong. I have to keep myself flexible and I have yeah. to keep my endurance high. So I can go into a track meet tomorrow and like my chances because I keep myself ready. You know, it's super um, powerful, too, because a lot of athletes, the highest level athletes and musicians and celebrities, influencers work with mentors like yourself, you know, and and like what you've done to keep yourself ready to be, you know, really making that intention, that vision powerful, because when we paint a clear picture for our minds, that's really where we move forward. And in my own story, I, I don't think I completely answered your question. I gave myself permission to feel the pain of grief. And that's what led to my healing because it wasn't going away. And what, what I, um, I think we talked about that's so important is it, it, it loomed up like a monster. And I think of that Disney movie monsters yes. and <laughs> it, it would present itself as this monster, this pain that was going to swallow me whole. And that's where, you know, people who've experienced grief will live in a consistent state of breakdown. Yes. And the, the thing is that I, it was instinctual for me at that time because I had always done a lot of self-improvement books and work and, you know, Zig Ziglar and Jim Rohn. Oh, yeah. And, um, but it was giving myself permission to lean into it, actually shrunk it almost like a bully. I almost yep. looked at it in my mind that way. Um, you know, and, and to those of you I'm speaking to be, you get to paint the picture that works for you, but it, so much of it is counterintuitive. When I leaned into and faced it is when I, it was temporary and it shrunk. And from a neuroscience perspective, um, like if we're in pain or we're crying, it takes about 90 seconds. Now I can think about when I was in burnout and breakdown and when I was really heavy into the grief and the tears were just, I could look at a can of beans on a grocery store shelf and burst into tears would trigger something. And it was always this unexpected wave that would come. But here's the thing, just, I want to encourage you keep going and don't be as afraid to take that moment and 
feel what you feel and cry if you need to. Just be who you are in that moment, in the middle of the grocery store. It will pass. It may happen again 10 minutes later. It will pass again. And you can literally live the life that you want to live and that you absolutely deserve to live. You were not meant to shut down because of grief or because of trauma, because of what's happened to you. We all have trauma stories and, you know, we could all go really deep on those and other things that happened in our lives. The thing is though, you can heal. You are meant to live this beautiful, valuable, fabulous life and create the reality that you really want to create. And if that's blocked right now, that vision is blocked. That's also a normal part of what happens when we're facing trauma and obstacles, just know that it's all going to be okay and there is help for you. So, yeah. Say, and to, to address men directly, you know, take, take those words that she just spoke to heart because men in society, we're, we're, we're not allowed to feel pain. We're not allowed to grieve. We're not allowed to cry. And I always counter that with, we have tear ducts. Right. If we have tear ducts, then we are biologically meant to, you know, so we can't let this societal stigma yeah. haunt men. Cause I, I believe the number is somewhere between 67 and 70% of suicides are men. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause a lot of men, they, they don't, they don't process carrying this pressure. Yes. Yeah. You know, they're carrying the, the weight of the world. Cause like men, we, we can't do any wrong. Yeah. You know, well, right. You can't do any wrong. If you get divorced, you can lose lose your house. You can lose your kids. You got to pay a, a load and and support and alimony and everything else. It's like yeah. men are under tremendous pressure out there. And yeah. that's not to say women aren't. I'm just saying, but yeah. just men are. And yeah. like society just doesn't allow them to feel that pressure. But yeah, you know, All- and that that's leading to that suicide rate. I really uh, appreciate you saying that, you know, the truth is we're all under pressure and, and we all equally experience trauma. It just shows up in different ways. Right. And the thing is that it does seem counterintuitive. What, what happens to a lot of us is we grow up and we get this idea, especially with the perfectionism culture um, or, you know, you got to get it right. um, Or you're, you, you, you really have to hustle and grind, which, you know, we all have versions of that. It's so important to know that it is important to be able to take those actions and to move forward. But often it's in the slowing down that we speed up. And that's where things get exponential. It's a parabola, a power curve. And, you know, when we're going along trying to shift you know, move past our limiting beliefs, push them back. That's where they're still operating. They're still driving our daily decisions. And we get in procrastination. We get in overwhelm. We get in busyness that is not productive. We get in start-stop cycle. We get in the spin. If this is you, if you are experiencing this, listen, this is the way it happens. And this is the brain trying to take you back over here to what's familiar and safe. So you're pushing it down, trying to move forward. It's still moving in there. It's still operating and you're still making decisions by it. It's when you actually face it that it's temporary, the pain of looking at it. And here's the coolest part. 
your truth are, is actually found in those limits. And there's yeah. some really important reasons for that. But it's, you know, so I'll give you an example. I am not enough or this is too hard. I am enough. This is easy. It's my truth is found in the limit. And that's the cool part. Yes. See, what I have people do in fitness, I always say it's it's about what comes after your butt. Yeah. You know, people will say, yeah. I want to lose 20 pounds, but it's going to be hard. Yeah. You know, and, and just your brain's going to focus on uh, it's going to be hard. But yeah. if you reverse it and you say it's going to be hard, but I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Yeah. It registers completely different. It does. Completely different. And so like, that's one of the biggest things I have to reframe with people because they think, oh, this weight's too heavy. I can't run that far. I'm like, you didn't even take two steps yet. It's like, how yeah. do you know you can't run that far? You know, it's like you're already giving yourself a way out instead of yeah. visualize yourself running the complete lap and finishing it. You know, yeah. you can be out of breath after fine, but finish the task. It's like the task is what is what's important here. Yeah. And the task is what's going to get you to your goal, whether it's in fitness or whether it's in life or business. So right. those those daily tasks have to accumulate into your overall goal. Yes. And, you know, those small things really add up and bring big results. And honestly, that's the Pareto principle in action, the 80-20 rule. It's, it's other things as well, but that's a ratio where a lot of us are um, have or are allowing 80% of our activities to produce 20% of our results. And that is brain safety. That's the overwhelm and the being busy that's not productive because your brain's giving you neurochemicals to keep you back over here and not doing the new thing, right? Yep, not exactly. being in the discomfort of growth, but we can reverse that ratio around where 20% of our activities are producing 80% of our results. And this operates in nature. Um, it is a principle just like gravity. And the exciting part of that is that when you start to lean in and get focused on those action steps that will really elevate you, you'll start to see those exponential results as you really work on recognizing the way your brain is working. And speaking to those of you out there, I a lot of times we hear brain thought, brain thought, brain thought, but it is actually thought plus emotion that forms belief. And that's super powerful and important to know. And then from our beliefs, we make our decisions. From our decisions, we take our actions and then receive our results. And you can actually reverse that so that you look at the results you're getting, kind of like what you were talking, where you reverse that principle. Yep. And um, what action am I taking that's gotten me this result? What decision was I making? What belief am I having? And then you can really start to address the belief and create a whole new reality from that. Make different decisions, take different actions, receive different results. I love that. Create whole new reality. All right. So getting back to dealing with grief, what I tell people is picture, picture being on fire. Yeah. Right. You want to get out of that fire as quickly as possible. I want to assume. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, you want to come by with a hose or a fire extinguisher or something and get you out of the fire. So, so when you're stuck in grief or yeah. trauma or PTSD, yeah. it's like you're you're keeping yourself on fire. Yeah. And like you said, you want to tackle it directly. Like I want somebody to come and put the fire out. And so 
for for me and you you can speak more on the on the medical side because I just speak from the storytelling side. Yeah. Where I just tell people the fastest way out is to tell your story. Yeah. That's that's the, the sooner you can get in front of people and just talk about what you went through. The yeah. more you do it, the the more the faster you're going to accept it and the faster you accept it, you can start to heal from it. And then you can help other people heal from theirs while you're still healing from yours. Yeah. But, but to me, that's the fastest way to get out of the fire is to start talking to other people and telling your story. Yeah. I love that. I love, um, you know, and when we tell our stories, it removes the shame around them. Yes. And that's what I really love because a lot of us are carrying around shame and guilt that is not serving us. Right. And I love this analogy of getting out of the fire. Right. How can we get out of the fire? It's really powerful to look at things through these analogies. And, you know, our stories are what makes us relatable. We all are connected. They're showing right now in yes. DNA research that we are 99% across the human race for all time, as far as I know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I don't know how far back uh, it was measured, but that we're the same DNA. We're 1% difference. And our uniqueness is very purposeful and powerful. It's yes. really important. And that we're connected. So in terms of getting out of the fire, the action and the work that we take to do that is also shifting those around us, you know? Uh, Absolutely. Our families, our communities, and on and on. And I think it's really important that we know that we can lean in now from the science we have and then from, you know, the practical experience, the athleticism. We have this beautiful RAS that, and I don't think I'm answering your question. What? I have to ask you the question again. But we have this beautiful RAS that it's our reticular activating system, and it's very pure. It's just very, very pure and simple. And this is where our thoughts are, are represented by neural networks, although there's new research on that, like I said. But yeah. um the the thing about the RAS is, as you know, with sports and training, you don't say to an athlete, don't bend your knee. You always say, keep your legs straight. Yes. And that going back to that simplicity of what you do want, but I do want to lose 20 pounds, you know, but I am yep. strong, I think is, is so powerful. So <laughs> did I answer your question? Yes. Yes. I got to, I got to sh share this quick to, to that point that you just made. So in 2007, I went through a masterclass for True Colors, the personality as assessment. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a spinoff of Myers-Briggs, like the yeah. They're, they're, they're all the same. Like they all come to, to the same conclusion. Yeah. But as I was going through, through this, one of the first things they did, they come, they went around the room. There were only 25 of us selected to take this class. And oh. they, he puts a piece of paper down that says, don't turn it over. Almost all of us looked under, you know, because it's like as humans, we're natural rebels. Yeah. Yeah. We're a natural rebel. So it's like, don't yeah. look. It's going to like burn a hole in the, in the desk yeah. if I don't see what's on the other side. It's like, what's don't so touch important? the wet paint. Don't think of yes. the pink elephant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he just, 
So so then he comes by with these cards and says, leave the cards face down. Nobody touched the cards. And I was like, you know, so just to, to illustrate what you just yeah. said, you know, yeah. like that definitely works. Yeah. That definitely works. So like, yeah, when it comes to any type of goal, like w- when I go on, on people's podcasts or if I'm being interviewed on the news or something, it's like, I don't go in there worrying about bombing. I'm like, I'm about to crush this interview. Yeah. You know, I don't worry about tripping over my words or what if I say, you know, yeah. too much. I don't think about any of those what ifs and it, it can happen, but yeah. I don't worry about that. You know, yeah. I, I always tell people whatever you worry about, is nine times out of ten is going to happen. Yeah, the law of yeah. attraction is real, whether you believe in it or not. Like whatever you focus on is yeah. what's gonna come to, to fruition. So if yeah. you think I'm gonna get up there, I'm gonna say um 500 times, you're yeah. probably gonna say um 500 times. <laughs> it's you know? so true. And our you know, it's great to speak clearly, but our ums also are a natural reflection. And now in market research, they're showing if you always remove all the ums, that people are really not relating as well. They like the authenticity better. And that's mm. really a huge part of what you're doing here, which I love is helping us to lean into our story, lean into the power of it and our authenticity. And, yes. you know, that's what makes us relatable and connectable? Because if you can't understand my story and I can't understand yours, then there's going to be a whole lot more resistance there. And if I'm always wearing a mask or putting up a front, and that's what happens in trauma. And I'm sure you've probably, you know, uh, even had episodes on this. I would love to listen oh, yeah. to one, but big T trauma in particular, leaves people like me feeling very hidden or being hidden. I didn't even have social media until two years ago. Wow. Nothing. So wow. um, I didn't have to worry about the marketing with the hotel. It sells itself. It's, a, mm. it's amazing. <laughs> and, you know, a big part of me being able to come here and tell you anything about my story was a part of the neuroscience work that I do, the healing journey that, um, the healing work that I do. And I really lean into helping people heal their money stories and increase. Um, It's so important to know that the power and the capability is within you to change the way you think so that you now have a success zone as your comfort zone. And I love that part. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk about your show. So uh, what what made you start that? You know, where can people find it? All that good stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad uh, that we interviewed you. I'm super excited. That'll be coming out in the future. Um, It's Unleashed and Unstoppable. And we really lean into the neuroscience of leadership and how you can be unleashed and unstoppable, um, which you know, lights my fire, as you can tell. And um, I um, have a partner, a podcast partner. She is a leadership coach and focuses a lot on corporate leadership, where I am more in the coaching and entrepreneur fields. I work with some celebrities as well. And the important thing about the podcast is getting the message out there about Mm. this power and these tools that we have available. And uh, so we are, well, 
we have some pretty good statistics going on right now. I invite you to come and listen. It is on Apple, Google, and Spotify. And I'm so thankful to have connected with you, Robert, and um, so much alignment in the work that we do in bringing, you know, success and healing into the world and value, again, through the power in our stories. So, See, and, you, and you said the, the money word earlier, you said connectability, mm, you know, yeah. like we, like we are more alike than people, than people can even know just from doing yeah. the show. I've interviewed people all over the world and yeah. just as I'm listening to people tell, tell their stories, it's like all the premises are pretty much the same. Yeah. You know, it's like either had, had a rough, a rough upbringing or like people from, from Asia, a lot of the, the guests have told me that, you know, parents give you three options, doctor, lawyer, engineer, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like you get one of those three things. Yeah. So like, you know, so people are going through just some types of, of pressure, you know, from the parents, from society, cultural pressure, religious pressure. So yeah. it, it, like, it doesn't matter where they're from. I spoke yeah. to a woman in Africa whose husband got kidnapped in Congo and mm. the kidnappers would call her, and they'd be beating him while she's on the phone wow. and they would end every call with a gunshot. So she never knew if he was alive or dead. You know, fortunately wow. he was able to get through, through that and they reunited, but just wow. some of the stories out there are insane. Incredible. But yeah. where they all intersect, where they all intersect. Cause uh, I think I said this on your show. I said, pain is pain, struggle is struggle. I yeah. said, no matter what it is you've gone through, there's a there's a daily process that you have to go through to move yeah. on from it. So yeah. whether it was hearing your husband be tortured, whether you yeah. suffered a bad car accident, whether you got your divorced after 20 years, years of marriage, mm -hmm. you know, like you have to find ways to pick up the pieces every single yeah. day. And that's where we can all bond instead of having the Olympics of who suffered the worst. Yeah. It's like, it, like, it doesn't really matter what you went through is how did you get through it? Like, yeah, that's where the magic is. Yes, yes, I so love that. And, you know, with a lot of the work you do around trauma and talking to people from all over the world, I think it's also really important to just be really grace filled with yourself on your healing journey. It's um, because I also deal with people with PTSD. It really is the brain networks being, you know, rewired the brain wiring, um, getting altered because two people can go through the exact same thing. One can end up with PT PTSD and one, you know, doesn't. And that is we we get to take the pressure off the judgment off of that. Yes. We get to stop condemning the person who has a situation where they need help. And, you know, I grew up in um, Midwestern U.S. where the culture was pull yourself up by the, by your own bootstraps. If you're not out mm -hmm. there, you know. Uh, milking the cow at four, you're gonna four a.m. You're gonna lose the cow, right? Mm -hmm. But it is in that connection that we have, and that support that we have, we can go farther uh, beyond with our obstacles, with our healing than we ever thought possible. But be grace filled in your healing journey. Maybe you need to come at it 
from a somatic point of view, from through your body, through your nervous system, through your vagus nerve, and you know, through a spiritual journey, through an energetic journey, knowing how your heart communicates with your brain and that it has neurons and short-term and long-term memory. Your neuro, some of your neurochemicals are made in your gut. You know, there's there we're integrated beings. And let your journey be your journey. And I just want to send you that. Let it let it be a grace-filled journey. Love that. So I was going to ask you for a f- final word, but I think that's that's good right there. <laughs> you yeah. know, so just let, let people know where they can find find you on social or share, share your website, whatever you got out there. Yeah, you can find me um, on Facebook and LinkedIn at Carol Register. I'm Neurocoach Carol on Instagram and I do a lot on Instagram and it's N-E-U-R-O like neuroscience, neuro coach, C-O-A-C-H and then my name C-A-R-O-L. At NeuroCoach awesome. Carol. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And and I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna cross pat paths again. Yeah. 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 So like um, you know, I do I, I do panels, like we do other collaborations and stuff. Cause like I meet I meet some awesome people. Like there's really there's really no one that I've had on the show where I was like, I'll never have them back again. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, yeah. So we got I, such I a love- tight community. I love that. I love the I'm sorry to interrupt you. I love no, the okay. work you do too, because Again, stories are so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always interrupt to compliment me. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so like I said, we will we'll definitely have you back on again. Um, Don't sign sign out yet. I just want to talk to you well, right after we go up the air. But okay. thank you for joining. And I'll see you in a minute. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Till next time, shut up and grind.